Okay, so this week, I get to do something uncomfortable, awkward, and inconvenient. And I'm actually really excited about it. So for several years now, we have been planning to take our kids on milestone trips. So before they go into middle school, and then again before they go into high school, they get to have one parent take them to do something really fun and exciting, then they get to pick what they get to do. And so a couple of years ago, my son Landon, who was probably third or fourth grade at the time, he knew right away what he wanted to do for his milestone trip. He said, Mom, I know what I want to do with you before I go to middle school. I'm all excited because I want to hear, like, what are we going to get to do? He says, I want to go tent camping. I don't know if it's obvious or not, but I don't camp. I don't RV. I don't glamp. Those things are not in my vocabulary. And so I go into problem-solving mode, and I'm like, well, we can do that. We'll just rent an RV. No, Mom, I really want to camp in a tent. So fast forward a couple of years, Landon's going into middle school this fall. And this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we are going to be tent camping together. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I will be sleeping on an air mattress. There comes a point in life where that is just really not a good idea. I pulled a muscle in my shoulder two weeks ago with a five pound weight. So I have some very realistic expectations of what I'm gonna feel like on Saturday morning when this trip comes to an end. It's gonna be awkward. I mean, I'm already wrapping my head around public restrooms, but not in the way that you're thinking probably but in the way of waking up in the morning, and one of the first things I want to do is brush my teeth. And I am expecting that I'm gonna walk over to brush my teeth and I'm gonna look at a stranger and say, good morning, it's nice to meet you. What brand of toothpaste are you using? I mean, awkward. Uh, inconvenient. Um, I am not a fan of dirt. I have nothing against it, but it belongs outside. So I've had to work to wrap my brain around the reality that everything's just going to be dirty for a few days, all the things. Now, I'm, I'm creatively working to minimize the dirt, and someone from the last service actually came up and gave me a really great idea, because I've had to learn how to do all this stuff. We had to borrow everything, which I'm really grateful for, because I didn't have to buy it. Do you know how I spent my day yesterday? It was in my front yard, practicing putting up a tent, and then practicing taking it down and folding it up and putting it in the bag. I don't know about you, but my picture of vacation never included practicing putting up my dwelling place, just outside of my comfort zone. But here's the thing, as uncomfortable and as awkward and as inconvenient as some of these pieces are going to be, I am so excited for this trip. We've been planning, we've been prepping, we have a whole list of things that we want to do each day, we have games we wanna play, I have a whole list of really junky food and drinks that we're gonna purchase. I get to cook dinner over a fire a couple of nights. 
may or may not need to practice what that might look like. But I'm excited about this trip because I know it's going to be filled with moments of joy and gratitude and connection with one of the most important people in my life. Now, I'm sharing this with you today because I'm going to be asking you to consider doing something yourself this week that you may find to be uncomfortable, awkward, inconvenient, and outside of your comfort zone. You see, we are in week three of a series we're called Finding God In. Week one, we talked about finding God in nature. Last week, Scott did a great job talking to us about finding God in our minds. And this morning, we're going to be talking together about what it might look like for you and I to find God in silence. Now, for most of us, silence is not something that we get excited about. When we remember moments of silence or we imagine what it might be to experience silence, what comes to mind is awkward, uncomfortable, inconvenient. It's not easy or simple to even create silence in our life. But even in the midst of those things, I want us to have a conversation today and to consider what it might look like for us to respond to an invitation to silence. Because if we've done any learning about silence, you may know that silence is really good for us, that it is incredibly beneficial to our well-being, not just our mental well-being and our emotional well-being, but to our physical well-being. It's a spiritual practice that opens up space for us to notice and interact with the presence of God And we've been talking about how the presence of God is always with us, around us, and within us at all times. Never goes anywhere. We can't get away from it. But in this series, we're looking at some diverse and unique ways that we can begin to notice the presence of God around us. And so today, I'm going to ask you to get a little uncomfortable with me as we look at what this might look like in your life, keeping in mind that what this practice has looked like in my life, it's going to look different in yours. The way that I describe it is going to be different than the way that you might describe it. Also keeping in mind that for some of you, this may not be the thing that you sense an invitation to this week. You're welcome to listen and just kind of put it off to the side for another moment in time. For others, this may be a moment where you do sense, this is something that I want to try. This is something that I want to experiment with a little bit. This is something that I want to learn more about or discover. It's been years now that I have felt drawn to the practice of silence. And as I looked back over my journey with this practice, I did way more failing than I would like to admit. This has not been a linear journey for me. It's been a lot of starts and stops. It's been awkward moments. It's been uncomfortable moments. It's been moments when I thought, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. Is it even helping? What keeps me at it is we see in the scriptures, Jesus invite us to practice silence. We see Jesus model it for us. And we're gonna look at those scriptures today. 
There have also been men and women, heroes of the faith, over the last couple of thousands of years, that as I read their experience with the practice of silence, I'm drawn to keep at it. Even though it's not natural to my personality or my temperament, even though it feels challenging at times and like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. The way that they describe the benefit and the fruit in their life, the way that I see Jesus model this, the more I think I might want to just stick with it and keep at it. And so for you, this may be something that you're naturally drawn to. And so you're already like, yes, let's do this. For most of us, it's going to feel a little bit stretching and a little bit challenging. Some of that has to do with personality, with temperament. Some of that has to do with season of life that we're in. If we're in a season of life where things are chaotic and stressful, this is going to be more challenging than it would be if we're in a season of life where things are a little bit more steady. If you're in a season of life where you're parenting babies or small children, this might seem like the most impossible task I would ever ask of you. And I would agree with you. This may be something that you push pause on until later and have all the freedom in the world to do that. The question today would be, what is the invitation that you are sensing as we look together at the scriptures, as we consider what this practice of silence might be? So we're going to start together with an invitation from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And so Jesus is speaking and he says this, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Most of the people that would have heard Jesus speak this out loud, live and in person, would have understood that Jesus was using metaphor to describe what this would look like. And when we're using metaphor, it is rich with meaning. And so one of the things that I want to suggest today is that Jesus was inviting us to practice silence or solitude when we are relating to God, when we're praying to God. You see, they didn't have rooms. The listeners that would have been with Jesus in this moment, they didn't have houses like ours. I mean, we, we would just think, well, of course, we go into our room and we shut the door and we get rid of all the external noise. Most of us have multiple rooms in our home. Some of you have more than one closet in your master bath, uh, bedroom. I'm all here for it. Give me all the multiple closets. I have to share one and I'm the messy one. They didn't have all that. They were predominantly people who dwelled in one-room living spaces. And so if they were listening to it with kind of a literal, rational mindset, they would have been, well, what do you mean go into my room and close the door? I don't have a room. And so what Jesus is saying here is to find some space where you can kind of shut out noise and distraction and find some time where you're alone and off to the side to create some external and internal silence. The word secret there can mean quiet place. And then the word reward, where Jesus talks about how when we do this, our Father who sees us in secret will reward us. 
You know, some of us grew up with very distinct pictures of what it means to do things for God and then God rewards us. And so we want to be careful not to project that onto the scripture, but to listen here for what Jesus is speaking about. So when, when he's talking about this, it's not that, it's not that we practice this silence and God needs it from us or God even has to have it from us. It's that I think God understands that when we practice something like silence, there is an inherent reward for us. There is a, um, a benefit to our well-being. You know, all the things that we've talked about so far, the idea has been this isn't something we do for God because God needs it. This is something God invites us to do at times because God understands that it is good for us, that it increases our well-being. And at the same time, I think it brings God joy because I think the God of the universe enjoys you and enjoys me and enjoys moments when we have shut the door and we have created some external and some internal silence and we are noticing and interacting with the presence of God. It brings God joy. And the other thing that I notice as I read more of the lives of men and women over the last couple thousands of years who've practiced this in lots of different and diverse ways, what they write about and what they describe is that the benefit or the reward of practicing silence doesn't seem to happen right away. It doesn't seem to be obvious. Oftentimes there's not even like a, ooh, I get kind of a warm and fuzzy, like I feel the love of God, I have joy in the moment. Sometimes that happens, but often what they describe is some of the awkwardness, some of the uncomfortability, some of the like, I don't really know if this is even working at times. I love their vulnerability there. But what they write about is that they notice more of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. That cultivating a practice of silence helps them begin to notice that they have more love and joy and peace, more patience in their lives, more kindness. They're more trustworthy. They have more discipline with things. And so the practice of silence for these men and women what they were seeing is the reward and the benefit later. Something would happen and they would have more patience. They wouldn't react the same way that they would have reacted before. They would have more self-control in moments. They would find themselves loving the people around them in ways that maybe they couldn't figure out how to do before. There would be fruit or reward from this practice. So not only does Jesus invite us to this, but he models it for us quite often in the Gospels, but we're going to look at one place today in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now, wilderness here just means a solitary or uninhabited place. Because remember, Jesus didn't even have a dwelling place. He didn't even have a one-room dwelling place. But most of the people who would have been listening to Jesus, following Jesus, learning from Jesus, wouldn't have been able to create a space in their home where nobody was allowed to come in and interrupt their silence. They had to creatively find places that were uninhabited, that were often outside and outdoors and in nature. So what would it look like if you're sensing an invitation to create some space for silence in your life? 
where you might begin to notice and interact with the presence of God in maybe a new way or a different way than you have before. What might this look like for us to practice silence, even though it's going to be challenging and stretching and outside of our comfort zone? So one really simple practical tip, because that's what it is, is I would encourage you to start small, to schedule it, and then to stack it. And let me tell you what I mean by that. This is just basic creating habits 101. So we start small. Some of us, when we get a new idea and we want to try something new, we're like, I'm going to do an hour of silence every day this week. Maybe. Or maybe we try five minutes if this is something that's brand new for us. Now, what I have noticed for myself and what I've learned from others is it's really helpful for me to set an alarm on my phone. Otherwise, I keep checking to see how much time is left. And in full disclosure for you today, I'm not going to tell you what my timer is, but I am going to tell you that lately I can't seem to let the timer go off before I am done. Like there are just moments in this practice where it's okay if I'm not checking the box completely. It's okay if it's not something that happens the way that I had intended to or had planned for it to. And then we schedule it in because this is probably not something for most of us that's just going to happen. And then we stack it. And what I mean by that is we add it to something that's already happening in our life on a daily basis. Something that's almost on autopilot. That's one of the best ways to create a new habit. So for some of you, that may mean while the coffee is brewing in the morning, you set your timer. You practice for five minutes. For some of you, it may be on a commute to work, the very beginning. For some of you, it may be on a lunch break. Or it may be on a time when you're working out and you turn off the podcast or the playlist for just a few minutes. So something that you're already in the habit of doing and you just stack this right on top. You start small, you schedule it. And then what we're going to do as we wrap today is we're just going to look at a couple of suggestions, some ways that uh, followers of Jesus have been practicing silence for thousands of years. So these are not new. Some of you may have experienced some of these things before. It may be something that you decide you want to try. We're going to talk about it, and then we're going to wrap up together today with a short practice of silence together in the room. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about is the practice of the prayer of examine. This has been around for a couple thousand years, since early, early church days. And the way that I would describe this is it's just kind of like the song we sing today, finding a quiet moment where we can be real with God. If we can trust that God is present to the reality of our lives, Can we find some external and internal silence to just consider what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I sensing? And then can I take what I notice and with curiosity and trust respond to God? Now for some of you, it's gonna be really easy maybe to notice what you're thinking because you're very thinking oriented. So that feels comfortable. But it might feel a little bit more uncomfortable to pay attention to what you're feeling. Some of you maybe have even been told that it's not good to feel, that you have to uh, ignore what you're feeling or downplay what you're feeling. And we don't have time to get into why that's not true today, but that may be a stretch for you to consider, what am I feeling? It has been for me. For others, it may be, okay, what am I sensing? And what I mean by that is, 
Maybe you have not noticed before, but you may notice like a, like a clenching in your gut or in your jaw or in your shoulders. Maybe you have a headache. And then to just be curious, God, this is the reality that I'm noticing right now. How do I trust you with this? So a few weeks ago was VBS week. So much fun, awesome. And I just had a, a brief moment with my coffee in the middle of the week before waking the kids up and coming here and experiencing all the fun. And this is something that I have been working at. It's taken me a long time and most of the time I don't know that I'm doing it well or right and there's really not a right way to do it, but I think you know what I mean. And so I'm there with my coffee and all of a sudden I notice I have tears. And I'm not super comfortable with tears. I'm not super comfortable with feelings or emotions. That's been a challenge for me. What I did, though, was instead of ignoring it and putting it off to the side, which I'm actually very good at, as I said, okay, God, what do the tears mean? What, what is this? There was a with God. And a couple of things came to mind in that moment that were what I was feeling that I had not noticed before. And I remember thinking, okay, so I don't have time to deal with this this morning, but I'm gonna put a pin in this and come back to it in a few days. And in the past, I wouldn't have come back. I would have just put it over there. Fast forward a few days, coming back in a moment of just quiet and silence with God to just talk about what it was that came up. This would be noticing and interacting with the presence of God in our life. And for some of you, this is going to be new and uncomfortable because you've been taught that you know, don't pay attention to what's going on internally. Ignore it. Well, we can only do that for so long. And God is present in the reality of our lives. So this may be something that's helpful for you. Another thing that may be helpful is the practice of meditation. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I find myself practicing silence, a lot of times my mind, my thoughts are... Sometimes it's better than others, but the practice of meditation when I find some silence has been really helpful at quieting that critical and judgmental and difficult just pattern of thinking that goes over and over and over and over and over again. For some of us, we avoid the silence because we need noise and stimulation and people to drown out what we're experiencing in our thoughts. There was a mom who threw a birthday party for her young son. All the bells and whistles, all the things, all the people, all the toys, all the sugar, all the stuff that you can imagine. And this eight-year-old was having the time of his life, and then all of a sudden he was completely overwhelmed and overstimulated. Do you know what an overstimulated and overwhelmed eight-year-old looks like? Moms just kind of know, dads just kind of know. And this mom, knowing her kid, looked at him and said, hey, do you maybe just need like a, a break for a minute? Do you want to head up to your room and just have a, a minute of quiet and then you can come back down when you're ready? And he just kind of shook his head like, yeah, 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 I think I need that. So he runs off to his room and before the mom even has a chance to get outside, two minutes later, he's back. And she's, I thought you were gonna go have a little bit of quiet time in your room. I thought I was too. I got up there and my thoughts were so loud I couldn't stand it anymore so I came back to the party. 
I think this little guy was expressing what a lot of us experience when it gets too quiet. It's uncomfortable to be with ourselves because the thoughts are just going like this. And it's hard sometimes to shut them off. And it's hard sometimes to pick apart what is true and what is helpful and what is good and what is lovely. And so this practice of meditation, and we can look at Old Testament scriptures and New Testament scriptures that help us understand how important this practice is. This can help us when our thoughts are almost too difficult to deal with. And so when my thoughts become overwhelming and intrusive, I focus on a verse that I've found to be helpful. So for many of you, if you've never tried this before, this may be a psalm. It may be some of the words of Jesus that are life-giving to you. And you may just keep it on your phone, in your notes, so that when you're practicing this, if your thoughts are just like intrusive and kind of critical, you can go to that verse. And you're just gonna read it or say it out loud over and over and over again. And you may find that that helps. You may find sometimes that it's not as helpful as you would like for it to be. I know I have. But we practice it with trust. Now, don't just pick any psalm. I was thinking about that this week. Don't pick the ones that ask God to rain fire down on your enemies. That's not why that psalm is there. It is inspired and sacred, and it is a way that God helps us all to understand that we can say all the things to God that we would never say to the people in our lives because we're too embarrassed to express that kind of rage or to express that kind of anger. That's really not probably what we want to meditate on. We want to pick the ones, like the Apostle Paul says, to focus on what is pure and lovely and good and life-giving. Lots of psalms to choose from. And here's my trick. I'm not great at memorizing things. Oftentimes when I'm on a walk and I'm practicing some silence and my thoughts are going crazy, I'll think of, oh, that verse, you know the one that says this? And I'm like, I don't remember where that's at. Just Google it. And then pull up your app on your phone, your Bible app, and you're just reading and then you're thinking, and you're reading, and you're thinking. And you can do this while you're walking. You can do this while you're on the treadmill. You can do this, well, don't do this when you're driving. But lots of ways where you're replacing, and really what we're practicing is some really cool brain science at the same time. And we're creating new pathways. And we're noticing and we're interacting with the presence of God around us. And then the last suggestion that we're going to talk about today and that we're going to practice together is something called Lectio Divina. We've done this before together, but only a piece of it at a time. Today, we're going to do the whole practice together. And Lectio Divina is something that followers of Jesus and the church have been practicing since the very early days of churches gathering. It really just means sacred reading, and it's a way of reading the scriptures that instead of reading them for information— which is really helpful and really important and really life-giving, we read in a way that allows the scripture to have the scripture's way with us. So when I'm reading for information, it's almost like I've got my hands in the scripture and I'm looking at context and I'm thinking through implications. and I'm in the commentaries. And if you're a geek like I am, I'm in the original languages. And there's a sense of like I'm kind of... All, controlling a little bit the scripture. When we read 
through this practice of Lectio, we're allowing the scripture to have its way with us. There's a sense of releasing control to the spirit of God to help us to notice and interact in the moment. The early church practiced this primarily because many of the people were illiterate and they didn't have physical printed copies of the scripture. And so as we practice today, we'll be doing something that followers of Jesus have done together for a really, really long time. Now, the way that this is gonna look, you can do this with us at home. Some of you are really excited about this already. That's awesome. You can find the notes for how to do this on your own at the PDF link in YouTube later. So all my sermon notes are there if you wanna be able to do this on your own. For those of you who are here and you're just like, mm, this is gonna be a little bit different, this is outside my comfort zone, I'm just not like totally sure, you're not alone and it's all good, it's okay. We're gonna do this together. And it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable for me too because I've never led an entire practice in a room full of people before. But we're gonna trust what the moment holds. And then for others of you, you're trying to figure out where the exits are and how to discreetly get yourself there as quick as possible. I want you to know that's absolutely okay too. Um, we're gonna be quiet together in some moments. So what's gonna happen is I'm gonna give you a, an instruction. I'm gonna read the scripture and then there'll be a pause. And then I'm gonna give you another instruction. I'm gonna read the scripture a second time and there'll be a pause. And then a final instruction, a third and final reading and a third and final pause. And then we'll close in prayer. If you cough or sneeze, it's okay. If you have a little one in the room who gets kind of feisty right now, that's absolutely okay too. We're not looking for perfection right now. We're just trusting that as we allow silence to open up some space, we might begin to notice and interact with the presence of God that is here and in us and all around us at the same time. So if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. If you're more comfortable, you can keep them open and focus on the passage of scripture on the screens or maybe on a blank spot on the wall. But the first part of Lectio is what's called silencio and it's just taking a brief moment to get comfortable and settled, eyes open or closed. And to maybe just notice your breath. To notice what you're sensing in your body. And maybe to just ask or invite God to do whatever God desires to do in this moment. Maybe an invitation. So I'm going to read the scripture the first time slowly. And I want to invite you to just consider if there's a word or a phrase that seems to shout or stand out above the rest. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. As we read the second time, I want to invite you to use your imagination, this gift from God, to picture what you're hearing. Maybe you're watching it unfold. Maybe you're in the story. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, as we read the third and final time, I want you to notice what you're sensing or what you're feeling. Maybe you take a moment to notice if you feel open or you feel resistance. Is there peace or anxiety? Is there doubt? And then in the silence that follows, we just take a moment to respond and talk to God about what we notice. Are you tired? Worn out? burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We're going to close in prayer together, and I'm reading a prayer by an author named Ted Loader as we close. Gentle me, Holy One, into an unclenched moment, a deep breath, a letting go of heavy expectancies, of shriveling anxieties, of dead certainties, that softened by the silence surrounded by the light and open to the mystery, I may be found by wholeness, 
upheld by the unfathomable, entranced by the simple, and filled with the joy that is you. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you for doing something outside of your comfort zone with me today. Thank you for not running away. Um, my prayer is that if you sensed an invitation to practice silence this week, I'm going to be praying for you. My prayer for those of you who are like, that's not my thing, is that you would live in the grace of knowing that that's okay. Um, and that either way, there would be lots and lots of goodness and freedom for you.